0: Today, I'm in conversation with Shea Marie, the OG influencer, social media sensation, and now founder and CEO of The Feelist, a plant-powered beauty and wellness line, as well as Same, a luxury swim and resort brand. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition. And so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So, if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Shay Marie. She's one of the world's top influencers who has been killing the social media game since before even Instagram began. She's now also the founder of not one, but two brands. The Feelist, a plant-based luxury skincare brand, and Same, a line of swimwear, resort, and activewear. Designed to elevate beauty routines, The Feelist was born from Shea's belief that self-care is not selfish and well-being starts with how we feel. I love that Shea made it a point to reflect this in the brand's plant-powered formulations and high-end aesthetic. She knew what the market had been missing and most importantly knew that this is what her audience of over 1.5 million followers, beauty enthusiasts and skincare lovers wanted. Having tried just about every beauty product out there throughout her blogging career with Peace Love Shay, crowdsourcing research brought the feelist to the next level and enabled Shay to truly build a brand for everyone. I'm so excited to sit down with her today. So Shay, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on your podcast. I love it. And I've been listening to it even more so lately. Um, trying to listen to a different episode every day. So oh, yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to get into it. So as you know, I asked all my guests the same question. Um, I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Shay?
1: Well, I think that your beautiful intro really, you know, summed me up on a literal sense. Um, I almost teared up. Actually, I was like, you're making me sound so good. Um but on a deeper level I think that I'm someone who has always really believed in myself and I think that that's a mix of self-confidence and also being a bit of a dreamer. I've always felt like I could do anything as long as I, you know, put my heart and my mind to it and that no dream was too big. And um I also think that Authenticity is another big part of my character. I would, you know, I'm, I'm very true to myself always. And I would never create something that I didn't believe in 100%. And I think that those characteristics are really what made my career as an influencer and, and now also a businesswoman long lasting.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, beautiful intro. And I think also uh, such a testament to everything you've built, and I know are going to continue to build. But I kind of want to start at the beginning um, of, I guess, Baby Shay. Uh, so was she, um, was Baby Shay born in California? Um, am I correct? Or
1: I was know? born in California, but it's not the California that you're thinking of. I was born um, in- inland California in a small country town. Uh-huh. It's, I would, I would say it's more like middle America than the beach city, California you're picturing. Um, actually our town yeah. slogan was country living and everybody kind of rode horses, but not in an equestrian sense, in a cowboy.
0: In a cowboy sense. Oh,
1: working wow. sense. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, so you, um, you born and raised there. would love to know a little bit about kind of your story and how you, I know you, you went to San university, of San Diego, but also like in that journey of upbringing in, in California, what were some of your first memories of beauty? I would love to know first.
1: So my mom w- was a model when she was young and she lived you know, all over Europe and New York and Los Angeles. And then when she, she, she didn't love that world. And so she wanted to have a more simple life and moved to a small country town with my dad to raise a family. I felt like she wanted to really shield me from that world. She didn't want me to ever move off to LA or New York, but because of her kind of career History. She knew a lot about the beauty world, so from a really young age, like I was using all of her beauty products, and she, you know, was always sunscreen, take care of your skin, don't rub your eyes. So I think from a really young age, I knew more about skincare um, and you know keeping yourself looking youthful and beautiful. So,
0: oh, I love that. I mean, it's it's so crazy how sometimes it's generational practices and rituals and wisdom we don't realize that growing up how like impactful they can be in our later lives and how much of a story they can intertwine with our own story but uh, i like asking that question because even me like growing up i you know with my grandma all these ayurvedic rituals i just understood them as like Okay, like that was normal. never did I think fast yeah. forward nearly thirty years. I'll be like uh building a brand premise on that, so it's pretty crazy how impactful they can be uh but even the I love the fact that the authenticity and the honesty of it is what was needed back then, right It shouldn't be perceived to be something later. It just should be as a way of life um so yeah, thank you for sharing that but so then. I know. So you went to um, maybe you can tell me the story a bit more, but, you know, I would love to know how you went on to study. Was it communications and media studies? And then then you ended up in L.A., I guess.
1: So I was always very intelligent in school. I was always at the top of my class and especially in science and math. And so everybody was pushing me to be a doctor. Um, I went to yeah. UC San Diego which is a really big medical school because I thought I I thought I was going to go down that path and specifically I wanted to do dermatology. Um and after yeah. a couple years in college also I was young. I I graduated high school young. I was younger than everybody else. I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do and I wasn't sure that that was my path and I wanted to I hadn't, you know, really traveled. I hadn't explored the world. I never had the money to be able to do that. So I I was like, I don't know if, you know, me- a medical career is what, what I want to do. So I did change my major to communications at some point because I wanted to, I didn't want to like pinhole myself at that point. Yeah. And, and I worked all through college. I, you know, I had to work to pay my bills and to pay, to put myself through school. And I worked at an advertising agency in San Diego. And right after I graduated college, um, it's basically somebody offered me a job in LA to work at a movie studio in, in the PR te- on the PR team as like a low level assistant, like fetching coffee. And mm-hmm. I had always wanted to move to LA and I'd always wanted to live in a big city. So basically took that opportunity and I moved the next day and I wanted to, I'd always wanted to work in fashion and beauty, but it seemed like a far away dream because I had no connections in the inner yeah. industry Um, Literally, I didn't know anybody yeah. in any big city. So it was, it didn't seem possible, but I always kind of, like I said, I was always confident. I always kind of felt that I would find a way and I wanted to get an internship. Even though I was working full time, I wanted to get like a side internship for, a fashion brand. but I, like I said, I didn't have any connections. So I had this idea that if I built a website because I had nothing to put on my resume, I was like, if I built a website, that was kind of, uh, an inspiration board. And mind you, this was before blogs were a thing. This is like 2008, 2009. Yeah. I, I was just like, it will be something that I can show because I have a resume that has nothing besides a, a college degree, but you need more than that to get in the door with any of these brands. So I started this website and I was posting inspiration. It was kind of like an online magazine. And then I started adding in photos of myself and what I was wearing and people started to reshare the images. And then it kind of, you know, was happening more and more. And I really felt like this could be something bigger. And at some point I, I quit my full-time job, which really didn't make Anyone in my family very happy because they were like, we just you know struggled to help put you through college, and now you you got. And a lot of my friends mm. didn't get jobs out of college. It was kind of during that time where it was just it was a hard time, and um, I don't know, but I just had this idea. That it was going to be something bigger.
0: I know exactly what you mean. And it's kind of like you can't pinpoint it, right? But it's one of those things where you just, you kind of went with your heart and gut. And, and one thing as well, which I think is really important, what you said is, and I think I can really resonate as well, is, um, and it sounds odd to say it, right? Like, again, I was very good in school, got really good grades. And I, and I, I say that in a way that it can be a, the best and the worst thing, in a way like you have all these options, but then you really can't pinpoint that as a what's your what you passionate about. So I literally very similar to you. I, you know, my, my school kind of dictated my career. They were like, well, no, you're really good at math and physics. You're not going to be doing art and creative stuff that you also enjoy because we'd Mm -hmm. rather make you an engineer or some kind of economist. So I started engineering for four years and, you know, I started getting 40, 50%. And this is coming from a school kid that was getting, I would be, I would like Of cry if I got less than 90 Mm -hmm. because I was such a nerd at that time, you know? And um I shouldn't even say nerd, but it's not a nice word, but you know what I mean. I was really into my studying and um and then I failed my second year, uh, went back, finished it, but I had no idea what to do. And you know, it was really tough because I you realize at that point, am I really passionate? Do I see myself having a career in this? And when you're in school, you can kind of think, like, oh, sure, you know, after you need that C. But when you're in it, you know the next step is. That's your life choice now. You're going to spend a lot of time doing it, especially something in science, um, which is very a lot of work and very practical. Yeah, I I know that feeling of it's not easy to make a shift. But I think using something like I worked, I took an internship and I did marketing in digital. That was really interesting for me. And uh, and then I built my career. I worked for Estee Dior and a few other companies after that. Again, I had no experience, so I had to like build my own social media presence, and I landed a job as a social media manager because in a way by saying look i built my own account yeah. look what i could do for aveda and that was kind of like my only kind of playbook so when you had your um i think that was like a perfect way of vehicle to show um as like a case study right because it is hard when you don't have that kind of work experience on a cv initially um so i think it's a really great attitude to have is to you know don't People can always um, create something themselves to showcase their abilities. I think it's a very, very powerful. So then you launched your website uh, as well. And, and then when did you start seeing traction on your own social media?
1: At one point, my website was getting, I mean, at the highest point, probably a million views a day. And um, that's, yeah. Wow, and that's, that's crazy. That's kind of around when Instagram launched. I always say in hindsight that I should have created Instagram because I my website was or my blog was essentially that it was you know I was posting a photo yeah. of my daily life every day of what I was wearing what I was doing and you know people would really make fun of me in the beginning they were like and there wasn't camera phones then so it was very different you had to go out with a professional camera and then Upload it to your computer Mm -hmm. and people were like, wait, you're going out and you're taking photos of what you're wearing and then you're posting it on the internet. And I was like, yeah, but there's like thousands of people that are resharing them. It's really weird. I don't know, but I think it's going somewhere. Yeah, that's kind of how that started. And then when Instagram came out, a lot of the people that read my blog followed me over to Instagram. So I had I had a pretty large following kind of right off the bat. And really, that's when big brand deals started coming through. Um, Prior to that, I was doing little things here and there. I did a lot of things for free because I didn't know any better. And I was getting opportunities from major companies like we want to send you clothes or we want to You know, have you come be in our photo shoot? And I had no idea what I should have been charging for that. I mean, eventually I got like an agent and um, it became, you know, a, a full blown career. But at the time it was kind of the Wild West.
0: I can imagine. And then, so I would love to know a little bit about, um, because I mean, we're going to talk about the feelers. This is where I get really excited, but I do want to give some time to same because it is your first, Mm uh, venture, I guess, as a, as a founder, um, of a, of a, of a product brand. Um, tell us how you started same.
1: Yeah. So when I kind of, you know, got on Instagram and started focusing less on my website, I knew at that point, being an influencer is not going to be the end all be all. It's not going to last forever. I have to create something more long lasting. So I knew pretty early on that I wanted to create a brand. And at that point, you know, there weren't a lot of influencers and nobody had their own brands. So there was so much that I didn't know, but I had an idea and I had a friend that owned a swimwear factory. So I went to him. And at the time, like swimwear kind of all was very simple. It looked the same. It was meant to be covered up. And I wanted to create a swimwear brand that was like statement pieces that people would see it and they would know where it came from um something that was different and so i had this idea and i went to him and we made these swimsuits that were were very identifiable and i knew that i wanted people to be able to see a picture of it on instagram because i knew how important instagram was going to be and immediately know what brand it came from and so we created these suits that kind of had this signature stitching and style and really within a year. I mean, it, it blew up. Every celebrity was wearing it. Everybody wanted one. Um, and we didn't have a PR team or anything like that. I Really, it was being run kind of like a mom and pop shop because I had no, I had no business experience. But um, it really put us on the map as like a swimwear brand to watch. And I think pretty consistently since then, we've launched some of the biggest swimwear trends over the past 10 years and um, are kind of known for that. So yeah,
0: a hundred percent. I mean, I know all about it and I'm not even a customer, so that means <laughs> you're doing something, you so right? Thank uh, I remember, no, it was amazing. And, and, you know, you say, you know, you don't have a business experience, but that's like the true, I guess, example of, but you have business acumen that I think you're innately born with and, and you definitely have that, um, because, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is you, you, you see these things in, in opportunities that you can, uh, A, use from prior experience as your advantage, right? Like whether it's your audience and kind of make them malleable into your, in, your new, in your new business, but at the same time you go in with the idea of wanting to create trends. And I think that's very important, is not always looking left and right, but sometimes focusing on your own vision. Um, so I would love to know a little bit about sort of, the, the next step of like, okay, you, you know, I know you have same, but then a beauty brand after that, like that's, um, that's something that a is no easy feat and what you've launched in the fee list. I have to say as a, as a beauty brand founder, so much respect, the love, the nurture, the, the branding, it's absolutely incredible. Um, so I'd love to know how that journey came around.
1: So being, you know, one of the top influencers really early on, um, you know, I started receiving, I mean, gifting from every brand imaginable and beauty brands were usually the companies that had the most money. They were the ones that had budgets to like work with influencers, the ones that send out gifting nonstop. So I really, I had tried every product under the sun and I had never been able to afford these types of products in my life. So I was just layering everything on slathering on every product I got. I got my friends called, I had this like whole closet in my house and my friends called it shape because it was like, and they I would come it. over and everyone was so excited and, and take all the products. And my skin started to get really sensitive, which it hadn't been in the past. And I think it was just, maybe overuse and not really understanding what I was Mm. using it, just using things because they were expensive and I had never had access to them before. So I kind of started, um, you know, really trying to learn about ingredients and understand what I was putting on my Mm. skin and what I was putting on my face. And, uh, I found some serious allergies that I had. And so I started looking for more natural skincare products. And now this is probably like, 2000 maybe 13 2014. There weren't a lot of natural skincare brands then, and the ones that were, they all they were like brown paper bag type packaging. They were called like Brother Leafs, and you know you had to get them at weird yeah. health food stores. Uh, but but I oh really- yeah oh
0: yeah. very like Etsy you know like granola at home yeah. yes
1: exactly very granola. But some of them I really loved, and at the on the other hand, I was the an influencer who where everything had to be aesthetically pleasing and so i would be posting these shelfies or you know pictures of my bathroom and i was hiding those products in the back the ones in the front were like the beautiful uh you know the chanels the beautiful packaging everything that looked really aesthetically pleasing so at some point I had, I had this idea where I kind of wanted to, um, you know, bring those two worlds together, like a really, really beautiful brand that was also clean, conscious, natural skincare. So I'd had this idea for a while, but I was busy. I was traveling all over the world. I was going to fashion weeks and, but I always kept coming back to it. Like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then finally I was, I think it was around 2018. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. It's my passion. I had been doing this swimwear brand for at least like four or five years at that point. And I was at a place where it, I could do the, the aspects that I wanted to do, uh, like design, marketing, the creative side of it. And then, you know, we had a team to help run some of the other, the other parts that freed up a little bit of my time to start a new project. And so I started working on the Feelist. And I think what, what was the most important to me was, well, well, three parts. It was building a brand that was Clean, natural, plant-powered, beautiful, luxurious, but also affordable. So everything is Mm. under $100. I wanted everyone to have access to good products that were were also beautiful and timeless. And um, we went with very kind of minimal, timeless packaging that I hope will, you know, stand the test of time and didn't really, you know... And it was during a time when these like millennial pinks and blues have been dominating, and to stand out on the shelf, you have to have a bright color and and um so kind of a little bit of the opposite of that, something more more timeless and and classic and, yeah definitely
0: uh, you can sense all of those and 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 I think exactly as you said uh you know why. Why can't you match the two worlds together? And, and when you created the brand and, and obviously the brand would have been even more before the launch would have been in ideation for a year or two before that. It was ahead of its time. And, and luckily, we've got to a point, you know, I'm all about collaboration of a competition where there's a lot of amazing brands out mm-hmm. there. But it took trailblazers, I would say, like yourself to really start opening up that kind of new landscape of like, elegance and efficacy together you know what i mean it's a very important duality that i think often doesn't people feel often from the past it's either one or the other but why can't they match and why can't they be together um especially with painting the you know the the future for clean and plant-based i think is is really important i have a few questions the first one is the name the fee list how did you settle on that
1: okay so we also wanted the brand to be about wellness and making just making you feel good and feel your best and feel secure in your skin and the first very idea that I ever had for the name for the brand uh when I'm like when I was before I even really started working on it I would draw these little sketches on and I would call it feel labs like just feel labs Mm -hmm. I don't know why I thought it it sounded sound professional. And then that sounds
0: cool to me. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, feel and then nice. when I've
1: gotten to the reality of trademarking and all of that and coming up with a brand name, oh, yeah. like there was no way I was going to be able to use the word feel. Um, and yeah. so we came up the, with the wor- word feelist kind of a play off the world word realist, um, where a feelist mm. would be someone who views the world by how they feel, uh, rather than a realist oh, okay. would view the world
0: how it actually is it's and then the logo is so nice with italic eye like it's it's beautiful it's uh i think logo is just sometimes you know it's so important to have that brand identity through a strong visual logo um so yeah i'm sure i'm sure you had many iterations a lot of choices and then yeah it's always a hard one to choose you know i know the feeling but um <laughs> but, uh, but generally speaking, uh, uh, you, I, th- I think now looking back in time, it's kind of crazy when you think about brand building a name. You're like, oh my God, like it just makes sense. But yeah, like
1: I when created it, it and sometimes
0: just, it's hard. You just knew, yeah.
1: We just knew, we're like, this you is just it. This is
0: I it. can imagine, uh, it's so true. And then, so then in terms of the product portfolio, I would love to know sort of like your first launch and then the cadence of following launches so people today can can know what they're going to get in store when they later i'll put the link in the bio so people and people can go shop straight away but at least you can paint the picture for us now
1: so one of the first um products that i wanted to create and i had been using this skin cream from uh like a weird health brand that you wouldn't know um that had cbd in it now this was before cbd was a thing and i felt like it was really helping uh i had perioral dermatitis which is like a kind of a common rash that people get on their face. And I felt like it was helping me drastically. And so it was a plant-based ingredient that I was always really, really interested in. And so I actually had like some connections in the industry. So we started working on uh, this face oil that had CBD in it. But also during this time, uh, CBD was becoming a little more mainstream and I didn't like the direction it was going. I wanted CBD to be looked at as an incredible ingredient in products mm-hmm. where it just um it's not the selling point of the product. It is just an an incredible ingredient uh, alongside the rest of the exactly. ingredients in your product. It's
0: not a CBD product. It's a product that's got CBD. So,
1: although we had CBD in a couple of our products because it's an ingredient we really believed in, we never wanted to use that as a marketing tool or be labeled a CBD brand because um I believe CBD, you know, just to be one of many incredible plant-based ingredients. So
0: then, okay. So you have this amazing facial oil, but then of course, as you know, consumers want more when they like something. So what was next?
1: So the face oil really went viral. People loved it. it. The reviews and the before and after photos and the testimonials we were getting were unbelievable. And it really made me feel like, wow, like all my hard work because you know, I had started working on this in 2018. We were supposed to launch in 2020. Then the pandemic hit. All the factories were shut down. I had you know, put my own money in wow. personally and raised money from friends. It was definitely like a fr- friends and family round. And then it was like everything was shut down and it was terrifying. So by the time we finally launched in 2021, um, you know, I felt like we were a couple years behind where I, I had hoped we would be. So when the face oil went viral i mean like our team was just thrilled and seeing how you know our hard work really paid off and people loved the product and we had also had a couple body products at that time and i really do believe that you should you know treat your body like you treat your face and take care of like the skin all over your entire body um and so but the the way that the face oil really took off it put us kind of you know, it made us a brand to watch in the skincare space. And so we really focused, we were we had a lot of other products in development. I mean, when you're, you know, when yeah. you have a skincare brand, you always have many products in development and then, you know, you choose your best ones to actually release, but we had a lot of products in development. And so we kind of decided to move uh, forward with the more facial skincare focused products after the success of our face oil, Most Wanted. And what was really special about Most Wanted and pretty much all of our products, is I had such a big following, um, a built-in following of mainly women, I would say age 18 to 45, who love skincare, who love beauty, who love fashion. And before we launched the brand, I did all these polls on my Instagram account of what people were looking for, what they love, what products they felt they were missing, what ingredients um, make them break out, what just all the questions you could could ever think of. And we really built products based around what people want. And a lot of, um, you know, a lot of startups in the skincare space Amazing. don't have access to that kind of built-in exact demographic of who you're trying to sell to. So we had a lot of great information um, that way. And that's why we, we named the oil Most Wanted because it was, you know, it was the feedback of what we got of what people wanted most. And so after the success of that, we launched our uh, face serum, which has amazing plant-based ingredients. Um, it's my favorite product that we sell. And then we launched a, a face scrub and we have a face cream that is about to come out um, in like two months that I'm super excited about that we've been working on for a really long time. And all of our products we've developed completely from scratch. So when you're doing that, it takes at least two years to build a product from through all the testing and all the regulation that you have to go through. And now there's all these beauty incubator programs where they have pre-made formulas and you can literally take a product to market in a matter of months. But when you really create something from scratch, it takes years. So, um, you know, the product that we're about to launch, we've been working on it for two years. And so,
0: again, to everyone's journey, but I think as a founder who's also uh, developed their own formulas and knows the the blood, sweat and tears that go in, especially during the pandemic where you're slapped left, right and center with increased costs, freight delays. It's not easy. But um, are you to this date, like, um, just like no crazy VC? Like, are you mainly friends and family and self-funded that way with the business as well?
1: Yes, we are. And we had a really incredible first year. Our first year was was really great and then this this year we've mainly focused on getting us to a, a place to be able to scale. The business, you know, it wasn't set up you don't think about these things. Like my focus was building beautiful products and and you know, efficacious yeah. products that people would love, it wasn't building a company that's ready to scale. And we weren't. And we had so much interest in the first year, every large retailer reached out to us. And I was nervous because you hear so much feedback, Mm -hmm. like they can, you know, these large retailers can like chew up and spit out a brand like 100%. that. And, you know, don't go until you're ready. Don't go until you have all the infrastructure in place, which we didn't. So we've really spent this year, you know, focusing on streamlining our production and then cogs. And now we're, we're in the place where we are meeting with, uh, investors, but more so strategic partners, yeah. uh, whether that be VC firms or, um, because to ta- help us take the brand the to level. the next level, yeah. we've really you know gotten it and I, I've listened to, you know, so many podcasts, not only um, not only your podcast, but other beauty founders. And we are kind of in that place where we were going from like, you know, phase one to phase two. Like we made it through phase one. We made we built a brand that people love.
0: And if you pass phase one, you've got a brand for probably a long term as long as you make the right decisions yeah. and know what are your strengths and where do you need help? It's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, so rightly it, it's, it's, it's always stressful, especially as a founder to make those decisions. Cause what do you do it now? Do you do it in a month's time? Do you do it in a year's time? Yeah. Uh, there isn't really a, a right and wrong in that. There's just a decision to be made and you've got to decide and then deal with the, the consequences and the benefits at the same time. But, uh, I think, the, I can fully feel like, I mean, I'm in the same conversation now where it's funny, I was meeting so many PEs, VCs just out of like, yeah, they're reaching out, let's give them, let's give them some one hour of a time. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to that point where I'm like, okay, actually, I might need to follow up on that sooner than later or that, you yeah. know, like maybe I'm ready because business scales quickly than you think. Uh, Also, issues come or like uh, difficulties come more than you think. Like, uh, we're slapped sometimes a lot with like random issues with operations. I think I maybe perhaps am not best to deal with that. And maybe I need a uh, a tactical um, right arm that can also take over operations from me. You know, there's different points where we have to understand what kind of founder and business do you want to build and who do you need to help you on that journey. But I would recommend, like what you've done, Shay, is at the beginning, if you can do it yourself with as much of yourself as possible Um, because and and learn when is the right time to say yes and no because I think it's so powerful Mm -hmm. you said no at the beginning because if the brand is good they'll come back and they'll be ready for you when you're ready Mm -hmm. you don't have to feel rushed or feel oh if I say no now I'll never get a chance to be in that retailer again like not at all Um, in hindsight it's better to be prepared and go in and do it right than not I mean I can say I launched my brand day one in Sephora and we just, like you know, we're fine, touch wood, but it was, there was moments where I was like, what did I do? And this was in the pandemic we launched, right? So yeah. I'm front, I was in London. Uh, I couldn't visit my labs, which all we make everything in the US. I couldn't visit the stores for about a year and a half. And I was like, have oh, I just built a brand in a biggest retailer, but I'm not even in the country. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even there. I don't even, you know, I can't even see like when they're asking for certain dye lines you want to go to the store and see the competitors and measure it and i couldn't do any of that so it was tough and in hindsight um well i don't know what hindsight means but yeah i would have maybe waited a bit longer would have been i would have been more prepared for sure so i think it's smart what you did
1: but that's incredible that's an amazing you know partnership that most brands can only dream of but um yeah you have to also be ready in the right place i think that's a lot of a lot of people don't understand, don't understand that. And there's, you know, there's so much more than, than, you know, a retailer wanting to carry your brand, but then the actual setup that, that goes into it. And, um, you know, the team that you have to have to support that and the money that you have to have to support that. And because you want it to be successful, otherwise the retailer won't want to keep, you know, restocking you, so.
0: But it, it's tough, but uh, it's so worth it. I, I, I kind of want to know um, before we'll soon wrap it up with some fire round questions, but I've got a few more questions on Felix I want to ask you uh, selfishly see as a founder as well. So first question is about um, community because you've built such an incredible community with your own personal brand. With the Feelis, like what are some of the best ways you found yourself communicating, of course, via your own personal Instagram, but let's say for founders that don't have their own channels? What have you enjoyed? Is it the reviews? Is it, I mean, live stream?
1: For me, the the reviews and the DMs and the testimonials Mm. we get, or even messages of, you know, Uh, a girl wrote us that her sister had horrible acne and she bought her this as a Christmas present and she wasn't like leaving her bedroom and this changed her life. And now she's happy again. And like, she's come out of depression and all these things. I mean, the amount of stories that we've heard like that, or, you know, we do, we have a body cream um, that has CBD in it and the stories that people say about how it's helped with like rheumatoid arthritis and these real, these real diseases Mm it's unbelievable. And it, it's definitely the best part of, uh, you know, the whole thing for me that really,
0: it kind of is an affirmation or a a reconfirmation of why we, why we do this. And in those days where we're a bit, sometimes it can be stressful or a bit down. It's like those reviews and those feedback, uh, even at a singular level is so impactful. Um, I think, and I encourage all founders, like, uh, read a lot of your reviews, some of the best reads of the day is, 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 is it 's sitting there on your own on your own pages you know in your community in your dms um, and give time to to respond. you know They take the time out to try your products to 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 enjoy your products and to tell you about it. I think they deserve sometimes from even from the founder themselves a moment of um, appreciation uh, it 's very very important
1: I respond to uh, you know obviously i, I get a million dms but i know anyone that writes something nice about my brand i respond to because there's nothing more important to me than that i'm able to do what i love and i'm able to support myself because um of the people who love my brand so
0: oh i love that. that's such a powerful statement so, you know thank you for that and my last question on the fee list before we go to fire round and i know you have a, a business businesses to run not even just one um <laughs> but um What's the future looking like for the Felix? Apart from, I know you mentioned right now about potentially uh, looking at uh, getting some right um, tactical and smart um, Mm -hmm. capital with the right partners. But apart from that, what's next?
1: What's next for us is, you know, obviously we um, retail expansion, international expansion, because we're mainly just selling in the US right now. That's going to be a big thing for us. And then um, category expansion as well. I think after, you know, we have... um, about four products like slated to come out over the next year and a half. And then after that, I'm going to be looking more into kind of the, uh, color meet like, uh, beauty color as in makeup meat skincare category. Um, very natural, always, um, enhancing your natural beauty. So yeah, that's kind of what's on the future for us.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. And, and it is really, It's only just beginning, which is so exciting. Um, So I can't wait to see. And especially over across the pond in London, if there's anything I can do to help here. But uh, I can't wait to see it everywhere here. Oh, that's so
1: sweet. Likewise.
0: No, and I also with your brand, I can see global very easily because you've really thought about a global consumer also stemming from your audience i think this is so powerful that you mentioned a lot of it is stemmed from your polls is you've garnered and fostered a global community so you've even though you're based in the u.s you are thinking no matter what global because your your databases and i think that's so powerful so i think when you start something it's so important to think future as well which you have
1: yes And I think that the the beauty industry is kind of in a weird place right now because I've felt so in over the past year or two, I've felt so rushed, like we need to do this. We need to do this. We're going to fall behind. We're going to fall behind. And finally, just recently, I'm in like a calm place where Mm -hmm. it's where I truly feel like I built something long lasting that I don't need to rush to get like 15 minutes of fame with the brand, like these like waves of you know, uh, brands are going to come and go, uh, gimmicky, trendy brands are going to come and go, but like, I am not trying to rush anymore. I'm trying to do everything just the way it's, it's meant to, meant to happen. And on the timeline that it's meant to happen.
0: I love that. And I always say, you know, it's, it's normal to have sometimes doubts in our head. And we hear all these opinions, mainly from a lot of people around us and, and retailers or yeah. investors or even employees. But I will say, You know just to remind you Shay like what you've built is exactly that like as an outsider telling someone like you built something very special and 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 even even from from my brand I've had to one thing I did recently which I think you know if that story also helps you is I went to Sephora and um I I was I was quite I wouldn't say like I don't like to use the word depressed very easily but I was quite sad recently in the last couple of months because it's always nice game of like two years in right you're like I'm still on the same shelf and all these new brands are coming in, getting like bays and end caps. And then naturally Shafora is like, listen, like we're not going to delist you, but we need to think about growing your ranking and business. And, you know, I was wondering like, oh my God, like, yes, I need to, I need to, what am I doing? They're getting like triple my revenue. They just launched six months ago. I'm, I'm really proud. But then I'm thinking I'm not even making enough inventory for even that revenue number. And then I I said to myself, you know what? I need to speak to them. So I, I, I spoke to them and I, and I said really clearly and, and this is really proud, of, I'm really, really proud of myself because I did it, I think, on my own. And I just said, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm going to do it my way because all of those brands that you're comparing me to, they will sell their company in two, three years. They're on road to exit. Mm-hmm. You're going to deal with a conglomerate, not me, not the founder. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But if you want to build, if you want to have, build meaningful, long-lasting brands, really think about Empowering slow but smart growth. It doesn't have to yep. be fast. I don't want 1,400% year-on-year growth. That's definitely not what I yeah. want. And I'm not looking to exit anytime soon. So I took a little bit of courage and said, if you're not aligned with that, then we're not the right partners. But if you're aligned with that, yeah. nurture me, give me still the opportunities, even though my revenue might not be as much, because I'm here for the long run. I think exactly as you just said, that you're here for the long run. And I think that's so important to remind ourselves and our stakeholders. Of that vision and clarity in that vision, right? Yeah, it's very. I
1: love that, and I and I I very much agree. I think we're on the, uh, same, the same wavelength, wavelength there. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, okay, so we're gonna go to fire round, but I have one desert island situation. So you're invited to a founder beauty retreat. Imagine this. Maybe one day I'll make it a reality and I'll invite all my founders on the podcast. That'll be really cool. But for now, it's completely <laughs> fake. <laughs> but otherwise, let's imagine hot. I don't know. But I'm being very strict, and you can only bring one feelist, the feelist product with you. So, what is your go-to currently?
1: Um, it's our total package face serum, and it's my favorite product. And people are always like oh, I thought the face oil is the best product. I'm like, well, most people like that one. But um, the serum is my favorite. I use it day and night. It's like a lightweight, but super hydrating moisturizer. um, And it's like my go-to.
0: Well, um, I'm sure like uh, uh, anyone, I'm going to put the link in the summary anyway, but uh, I love the fact that you've got these really cool names as well. And you've made this website so easy to search for what your concerns are. But I think that's very, very important for anyone listening is just like, you know, even what the founder says is their favorite, really think about what your needs are. Going back to Shay's story, mm-hmm. right? She got sent so many products, but the problem is, is it doesn't mean it's what you need. Um, so I think sometimes just understanding your own skin concerns or so and, and hair concerns or whatever, it's so important. And then, uh, But you have some very good choices um, and really fun names alongside that. How did you come up with all the names, by the way? Was that just very easy? Because like necessity and do not disturb. It
1: was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of thinking, but, um, you know, my team and, you know, one of my business partners, who's our COO, she's one of my longtime best friends has worked in the beauty and skincare industry for a long time. She's like very intelligent and well-spoken and witty and her and I kind of always play off each other. And we've come up with these like names that are, um, you know, a little cheeky, but not cheesy um they're
0: great they're really good names thanks oh okay fire round questions this is the first thing that comes to your mind so i'm gonna get them at you first one what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving
1: i'm i really love what julie shot is doing with her brands um she has this brand called clean with plus and it's um like uh like packaging that disintegrates so it's body wash and the whole packaging disintegrates i think she's been very mindful yeah. um with sustainability and building eco-conscious brands and i yeah. think that that's really important for our future so um not only are the products great but i love like the the vision behind it
0: i love that. and Starface is so cool with the creative yeah it's great next question is what's a guilty pleasure of yours
1: laying in bed all day on a Sunday with like a face mask, not getting ready, not changing. I mean, I'm someone that it works all the time. The feelist is based on the East coast and same as on the West coast. So a lot of my days I work oh, 9, yeah. AM to nine p.m. Like at, at the least. Yeah. So when I can get a Sunday, which I actually had yesterday where I didn't get out of bed, it rained all day here. Oh, I so felt good. a little guilty, but I was happy about it. Oh, so I guess that's my That's
0: opinion. a really good one. Yeah. I do that on Saturdays and and if I can as well on Sunday. <laughs> so I try to do double double of <laughs> them if I can.
1: It feels good. It, feels very it was good. a reset.
0: Um what are you currently watching or reading?
1: I I honestly don't have time to do a lot of those things. I I watch every true story documentary, though, that mm-hmm. comes out on TV every I'm into documentaries and I'm into true stories, whether they be crime or business or politics. I mean, I'm someone who's always want I always want to learn. Yeah. So fiction isn't my thing. Um, Sci fi is not my thing. Yeah. Real true stories, documentaries. I love that. So pretty much all the ones on Netflix. I've, I've seen them. <laughs> Amazing.
0: That's no, true. And, and, I, and I think when you can, when it's true and you know that there's some learning, that's a bit more realistic. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more of a worth that investment of that limited time you have when you have to. Yeah.
1: My friends will be like, don't you ever just want to, you know, kick back and relax and not think about something so serious and just like, you know, live in fantasy land. I'm like, no, yeah. I, it's, I don't know. It's not me. And, probably you, and probably you
0: don't want to do that in front of a screen. You probably just want to do that on your own accord, yeah. you know, just relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. We're always on our screens all day when laptops and know. You know, it's hard. Um, my next question is, do you have a favorite social media platform right now?
1: I'm an Instagram girl. I think that Instagram is, I mean, especially for me, it's a little bit more artsy and creative. I think TikTok is more real and fun and playful, but I, there's something I love about, um, you know, sharing your life, but also through like an artistic lens and also being a little bit mysterious for someone who's lived their life in front of, you know, kind of the social media lens for the past 10 years, I am like a really private person. So, a lot of people, if they don't follow me, like they don't know that I'm behind same or I'm behind the Feelless. I'm never the face of the brands. Um, I've always wanted to be the creative and the businesswoman behind the scenes. So, yeah, I like Instagram because I feel like I don't have to always be on and I can share what I want when I want.
0: I love that. Um, my next question is, do you have like a favorite quote or like a saying that you keep close to your heart?
1: This is very Very cliche, and you've probably seen it on a million posters. Um, but I've always liked the saying, uh, be nice and work hard. I think you know, those it's so simple, but for me, it's so true. Um, be a good person and work hard, and anything will happen for you. And I truly believe that, and I've always believed that throughout my entire life, and I've never I've never wronged anyone or I've never taken a shortcut or I've never used anyone to get anywhere. And I think that not only does it make me feel good as a person, and it makes me feel proud of who I am every day, but um, I think that it leads to success in the long run and not just in a financial sense, in a, you know, in a happiness, in in a mental sense as well.
0: That's so powerful. I mean, that one as well, I can, like my dad has always instilled that with me from a very young age. And I can tell you, it's, it sounds so simple, but in, in action, yeah. you need to be consistently reminded. And I used to always grow up with him doing things. I was like, dad, you're going to lose a deal. Or, you know, he's, a, he's in fragrance world. And I was like, you know, you should do this. And he's like, no, they will come back. I'm not going to change what I am. I want to be. And then they always used to come back and say, oh, the other ones who we went with screw us, screwed us over. We want to come back to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, reputation always proceeds. And I think you have to remind yourself sometimes always just do good and, and work hard. I love that. It's very, very powerful. Thanks for tuning in into this episode of Founded Beauty. You can find Shea Marie on Instagram at Shea Marie and The Feelist at The Feelist. I'll put all the links in the bio as usual. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on our upcoming exciting guests.